Welcome back to Always Evolving with Coach Mike, me, Mike Bear. And in case you don't know, I have a free empowerment group every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, totally free. You go to coachmikebear.com, add your email. Every week I have a different speaker. The last few weeks I've been, you know, guiding everyone in terms of exercises, and it's really geared to improving your life, setting goals, and making some magic happen in your life. And speaking of magic, my next guest today is amazing on Always Evolving. Her name is Dr. Nicole LaPera. If you don't know, she has the biggest following on social media, over 2 million followers. And she is a therapist and a trailblazer who shares her vulnerability, who shares what it's like to be a clinician. She's so geared to helping and the healing of other people. And I'm just so glad she joined us today from her home in Venice, California. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Coach Mike. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Um, and maybe you can tell everyone first, just like, who are you? Absolutely. So uh, I think there's two separate aspects of my story that apply here. So as a human, really short and simple, I think like a lot of us, I've had a lifetime of anxiety. It's all I can remember experiencing in childhood. I was that scared little girl worried about pretty much anything under the sun. And I carried that anxiety into my adulthood. In adulthood, I, for as long as I can remember, I was again, very fascinated by the mind. So when it became time to decide what I was going to do with my life professionally, psychologist was really, really the intuitive step for me. So flash forward in time, I go to a whole hell of a lot of school. I open up a practice. I'm doing my thing. Anxiety is still a big part of my life. And I had what some of you might have heard referred to as a dark night of the soul when really everything came crashing down around me or so it felt um, physical symptoms. My anxiety was through the roof. I was globally unhappy, even though externally I checked a lot of boxes that should have been making me happy. And what I came to the awareness of is that there's a, there was a lot of tools, techniques, things, awarenesses that were missing. And in my own healing journey or through my own healing journey, I should say, I became really inspired to work what I now call holistically, which really just means acknowledging the interconnectedness between our minds, our bodies. I might even say our souls or a spiritual entity that makes us human we are all three of those things into one. And it really is aimed at understanding what for many of us are underlying imbalances, dysregulations, childhood trauma, suppressed emotions, the list goes on that are causing the stuckness that I see as a global epidemic. We want to, we want lives to be different and we just can't make them different. What was, so in terms of your anxiety, what was the consistent thought that you had for many years? Or was there any pattern with that? There was patterns. There's always patterns. Um, so mine were what we like to call worst case scenario. So anything that you would hang a hat under that, whether it was the, the burglar coming into my home as a child, the catastrophic medical diagnosis that inevitably my parents were going to get, that's how it started first. And then I was going to get, whether it was the terrible date that I was going to have on Saturday, I mean, really anything, anything that we could have a worst case scenario about. I lived in that. A cognitive distortion you were living in. I was living in many. And I was, the, the issue became, I was living in it. 
because I was thinking it, I was stuck in the feeling about it. I was stuck in all of the ways behaviorally I attempted to cope with it. None of which were producing that life that I really wanted or that, that was really fulfilling. And isn't it really fascinating how we don't learn how to self-soothe, self-regulate. We're basically born into these families that we have no choice. We're just, we come into it and we're like, okay, they're going to teach us how to regulate and teach us about boundaries. And then as we get older, we start to go, well, this doesn't feel right. Or like, I know this doesn't make sense, but I can't stop the feelings or the thoughts. And it sounds like that's kind of what came up for you where you knew you weren't authentically being yourself. Yeah. As a result, I love that you said that word, like teach, as you'll hear me say conditioning, we are a product of conditioning that was laid down. And again, behaviors, thoughts, feelings, messages, narratives, experiences that we had usually at an earlier time, an earlier place that then we repeat, we repeat, we repeat, we repeat. And that's why we're stuck. We are, we're quite literally stuck replicating this past based on, again, things that were taught, modeled to us, and we can't break free. And for most of us, that is that disconnect, that the patterns we're living aren't coming from our authentic self. Um, They're coming from that past. And that's why we can't create a different future. However, and this is why I'm so impassioned, we can. We can if we arm ourselves with the right information. We can if we arm ourselves with the right tools and develop the way to implement these tools each and every day. We can change our future. I've done that. So I'm not that person anymore. I'm categorically different in many ways. And I know that everyone else can do it. And that's why I share in the way that I do. And I provide these tools because such incredible change is possible. And we really can create change in our future. I really see you as the mental health trailblazer or mental wellness. I always think it's interesting, like mental health, but it's really wellness, you know, and it's, which that's a whole other side conversation we could have at some time. Cause I've, I've been in mental health for over 18 years. You know, mm-hmm. I own a treatment center. I'm sure you like me went to so many addresses looking for answers, looking for others to tell me how to heal my trauma or how to shift my thoughts and, Going to, I don't know about you, but I went to a ton of retreats and workshops and it becomes really confusing. What is the solution, right? And in simple terms, what have you found is a good way for somebody to know where they should go looking for help? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you very beautifully illustrate it with, with what I know I've done and a lot of us do. And I urge us to break the habit of doing this is outsourcing looking to someone else to tell me what to do. Ultimate empowerment, as far as I see it, is connecting with that wealth of knowledge, that inner knowing that we all have, that many of us become so disconnected or distrustful of, but it's there, right? Developing that inner knowing in ourselves to find our way. So I say that because what I, my, the word and the practice that I go on and on and on about, um, because it's so pivotal in this, is to develop what I call a habit of being conscious, being aware of ourselves, seeing our habits and our patterns for ourselves, whether or not they're in our daily behaviors, in our mental world, in our emotions, and relying on what we see to inform the change that has to happen next. Because through that, we get to witness our stuck points. And I say consciousness, and I 
I hammer this in as the foundation of change because I know something else. And I, the, the percentage differs depending on who you talk to or who you read, but upwards of 95 plus percent of the day, we are not conscious. We are in something called that autopilot. And we are then living in that chaos because again, that's where that autopilot was formed. So the foundation of change for most of us comes when we become conscious, when we learn to show up differently in a new moment, evaluate it as a new moment, and then make a new choice. Stringing together enough of those new choices, right, creates that new habit that I was talking about earlier that changes life in the future. But without consciousness, we, again, we're outsourcing. We're just looking for someone else to direct us. And we can really see for ourselves if we become connected to ourselves. Mm. Yeah. And I imagine in terms of consciousness for you, I mean, why I say you're a trailblazer is you have over 2 million followers on Instagram. And I didn't start off with that because you're so much more than that, you know, and I know that people are probably like, look at her or look how <laughs> great she has it. But the reality is you probably, because we're taught clinically, uh, there's a lot of rules. There's so <laughs> many rules, so many rules that's like you literally can feel hand tied and it feels can feel impossible even to get the message out. And which I think you would be a great speaker. I'm doing something with the uh, doctorate program at Pepperdine on like clinicians who want to put themselves out there. Right. And they they've been taught not to. Mm -hmm. And so how did you, what have you been able to consciously do because you do it in such a beautiful way and it's so teaching and helpful and people love it. Did you have to change that script a little bit? Oh gosh. I mean, very similar. Yes. I was told, and I talk about this often, all of the ways to be, whether it was this professional idea that I usually was falling short of, I wasn't professional enough. I was too me in the room. I was like, Essentially, we're taught to just wash away our personhood. Um, and I trained very heavily to do that in a lot of ways. However, there was that disconnect. Something didn't feel right about that. Something felt like it was missing. Um, so I always kind of acknowledge myself as, as testing that limit because it didn't feel in resonance. However, again, I would be lying if I said, I go through my healing. I come through all these tools. I'm creating so much change. I see the whole world of social media expanding. And I start to think, okay, maybe this is a small place without knowing what it was going to expand into. I can start to speak my truth. I would be lying if I said that I wasn't nervous to speak that truth, or I wasn't worried about what people would think, especially my peers of being me, of sharing my story. Um, so there's been many moments, right, of just ha having to overcome that and having, and this is something I've cultivated in my own healing, the redeveloping that trust in myself and my story and what my truth is. And that didn't come overnight. And often it comes when we challenge ourselves. When I put that post up there and I'm scared and I'm afraid of what's going to happen, I imagine, you guessed it, all the worst case things that could. And when they don't, I'm surprised. And that gives me a little more confidence to do it again. And you know what else is surprising, Mike? When they do, and I don't crash and burn or become debilitated and my practice doesn't go up in flames, I become a little more confident to do it again. So mm. I, again, would lie if I said there's a magic formula that you just put in your head, an algorithm, and boop, 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 and you don't care anymore. Of course, a lot of times we do care. It is, it is vulnerable to begin to speak these new truths. 
Um, but again, I, I just continued to develop the trust in my own story and I kept walking through that discomfort. And then on the other side of it, overwhelmingly, I was met with resonance with other people who maybe it wasn't my whole story. Maybe it's not everything I talk about, but they resonate enough. And then that support and people like you reaching out, wanting to talk to me, help me spread this. This is how right confidence is developed. Well, I and I love your work because it's all about authenticity. And I know what it's like to have a lot of people tell me how I should be, right? Like my best self is a wizard named Merlin, okay? And I help people find their best selves who they are authentically. Uh, like he's on my <laughs> arm, right? He's hanging out. I'm getting him touched up this week, my logo. And so many times it's, I, I get excited. I used to have that little bit of fear when someone was like, well, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't say that. And then I'm like, now it gives me energy because it, it's refreshing for other people. You're refreshing because you talk about your story. I feel like traditional, and I'm not trying to hate on all practices of clinical psychology, but I do think there's a little bit of like, there's a lot of rules in place that were to protect therapists who did not have consciousness, like who needed these severe rules because mm -hmm. they don't know the right the difference between right and wrong it's protecting the masses but i feel like with you being able to talk about yourself it's also attraction instead of promotion it's like people are drawn to you because you're honest and i think that is refreshing for people i think it teaches us you know and it makes us feel like there isn't this like authoritative feeling off of you which I'm, do you think that's kind of the flow of this next movement of mental health and what you're noticing online or? I think in a, in a lot of ways that the older model and this even expands, I think, you know, out of the mental wellness field into the medical field, right? The old model is very much the, a lot of, as a lot of us refer to it, right? The guru, the teacher, the, I look up to you, the what, and a lot of this is generational. Right. I look back at my parents who are, you know, I was a very late in life child. So they're well into their eighties now. Right. There was a model of white coat, all knowledge, right. Coming through the system, really understanding, you know, what's being taught, all of the different parameters and factors that affect it. Right. You start to see, I think a, a broader perspective and you start to understand that everyone's perspective to some extent is limited. So when I, when I say, you know, I share my story and I like, regardless of what people are saying about it or reacting to it, I'm me authentically. It doesn't mean that I turn a blind eye, you know, to what people are saying. Other people can offer us valuable insight information. But what I've developed is that kind of, I call it a home base of trust, right? Where I can start to vet the feedback that I get in my life and I can incorporate, even if it's painful feedback that I don't want to admit is true. I can incorporate that which fits right to help grow me. And the rest, I can feel a little more comfortable that maybe this isn't necessarily about me, right? Maybe what this person is speaking to or reacting to or perceiving in my message is something different is more dirt. So we learn, I think, to develop that level of confidence, you know, in what we're saying. And it doesn't mean that I just put my blinders up and care not about what anyone else says, it just means 
we develop the self-trust and self-confidence. And again, that's what I'm hoping to install. So is that a shift in the field? I hope so. I hope we all become empowered individuals who can provide informed consent to whatever it is that we're engaging with medically and the mental, whatever it is in life. Personal empowerment is what I'm about, is equipping the human to do what I just described, Mm -hmm. to go, to get all of the opinions about whatever is active in your life, to go back to your inner sanction, to try it all on and to pick the course that's right for you. So that's a very long-winded way of saying, I sure as hell Mm -hmm. hope so. I hope that this movement is turning people into just informed, empowered humans who can trust that they know what fits for them, even if it's uncomfortable. And I've had many of those moments of not wanting to admit truths to myself that once I have, I've been able to expand a little more and heal a little more. And that's that's my ultimate goal here. Yeah. What is a painful truth that you've learned from that's made you better um, in your career or in social media or when you say, you know, you're, you don't yeah. turn a blind eye to the feedback, but then some of the feedback you're like, Ooh, I don't want to look at it, but I did. And it's made me better. Yeah. A lot of it applies in my, in my personal life. It took me a very long time to really truly understand the dynamics in my family of origin, namely what I call codependency, enmeshment that turned into what a lot of us can resonate with. I'm the helper, I'm the caretaker. And a lot of us who came from those a meshed boundary list word I never would have heard of ever thought it applied to me. Oh, of course I have boundaries. I'm so independent. No, I wasn't. I was basing my life on so many external things. That was a very hard truth for me. Um, I had partner, my partner in particular now who very kindly, very lovingly, you know, would point out patterns. And I told her she was crazy. Hit the road. How dare you? You are not a supportive partner that I now (laughs) let in a little bit more and I understand. So for me, it was a a lot more on the personal side that obviously reflects outward, right? If I have no boundaries in my personal life, probably professionally, I didn't really in some ways either, right? I was saying yes to everything anyone asked me to do. I never said no. I had a hard time if that client needed to come and see me at 8 p.m. and I'm exhausted at 8 p.m. Oh, 8 p.m. I was signed on this, right? So this is how we do replicate those same dynamics. So it leaked in professionally. But for me, it was it was hard as hell to come to truths um, about my personal relational dynamics. Yeah, I think I think um, it sounds like you have a real gift of a partner who will help you gently point out, you know, different areas that you could work through or work on or shed a light on. And it sounds like it's probably safe and empowering. And yeah, I'm very um, eternally grateful. I talk a lot too about evolving relationships into, you know, what I call authentic love or holding the space. I'm not always my shiniest. She's not Mm -hmm. always her shiniest. Right. But we can, we've created the ability to hold space for each other to have those harder conversations. uh, And I'm eternally grateful. Does this mean that you, can't heal without that supportive partner? Absolutely not. Another main motivation for me being online was to create a community or to find a community. I didn't know I would be the creator of it, but to find a community that was resonating, that had people that understood enough of the journey and were doing the work enough to offer those supportive relationships. So now I'm gifted with not only her, but my team, you know, the team that now works with holistic psychologists, all evolving individuals, the community, 
right? So anyone listening is not to get discouraged if you don't yet have those relationships. I had a, I didn't either, right? All of my relationships up until the point of healing for me were very much codependent. Were very much, you know, not allowing me to expand into authenticity. They were keeping me constricted. So I assure you, this doesn't happen overnight. And if you don't have those people now, you can still heal. There's incredible, you know, wealths of virtual humans and communities. And sometimes it just takes one person to create that safety and that support that you're beautifully referencing. So talk, talk to me about what your team, uh, the holistic psychologists do, like what, what is the services you all offer? Like what? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my main, once the Instagram really kind of took off and I started to really see the universality of the messages and these tools, uh, I was really, really inspired to create a, a virtual you know, healing community. Um, and I was able to do just that. So we launched out what I call the self healer circle for the first time. Geez, it'll be a year this November. So last November, um, it's currently closed for enrollment, but twice a year, um, we open that up. And so what that looks like is, you know, virtually each month we pick a topic of healing. Um, I run an hour long workshop, other, uh, I have experts come in from other fields that do that. We have live Q and A's where we kind of dive into the topic at hand. There's resources, there's guided meditations, and there's that supportive community. Um, I'm in the process of creating my own website now to house it. So it can really mirror what I'm envisioning. So that is just such a gift for me. Um, incredible healing journeys are happening in there. So that's mainly, I'm in the process of writing my first book, oh. um, which is super exciting, which will be kind of the handbook of, you know, holistic healing, if you will, or so I hope it to be that will be coming out this um, spring, uh, March, 2021. So now I think my main, you know, kind of mode is how can I get this information out there and in the hands of the people who need these tools and how can I continue to foster even if it's virtual right now, but this virtual aspect of community where people can find the support in walking this journey. How, how um, I imagine you have to deliver new content over time and not reinvent fully, but take pivots, right? Mm -hmm. And for you to get more informed and curious, what do you do and what area right now are you really excited about or passionate about? Yeah. So I, I love actually that aspect of the work, which it is ever evolving. It evolves with my own personal healing. It evolves with new information I learn in the field. It involves with me learning based on the community needs. So I entrench myself in learning, you know, outside of the writing that I'm doing, everything, the books I read inform my content creation, the community informs it. I'm always in my comments. I'm always putting out requests. I'm always kind of trying to stay connected to the pulse of where the collective is to inform what needs to happen next. And obviously contextually as life shifts and change externally around us, right? I'm taking all of this in all of the time and that's helping to generate the next thing that I'm going to talk about or the tweak or, and that's another part of this. I am open to modify. Right. The things I knew 10 years ago are drastically different than the things I know now and likely might be drastically different than the evolution that happens within the collective in the field, hopefully in the future. So I acknowledge that, that we are ever evolving creatures. And I will kind of, and my, my, my promise is to, to continue to 
to express that evolution through learning. Do you still, I know you said in your future self journal, and that is an offering that you guys have that one of the things uh, you do is you write it, you write out as if it's happening now, right? And I love to do this exercise with people where I'll have them open the door and they're talking to me a year from now, right? And they're like, yeah, and I got this job and I'm yeah. just, you know, like literally yeah. just recreating yeah. those new tapes. Is that what kind of your, and I love that, is in the real, in the future self journal, are there a lot of different exercises that people can do on a daily basis and how can they get those resources? Yeah, absolutely. So the future self journal goes out if you sign up for my email list, um, which okay. is linked the easiest way to get there is on my website and it's linked through my Instagram bio. So what the practice, and I developed this very early on in my own healing journey as someone who doesn't never really resonated with journaling in the traditional sense, like, Oh, this is what I thought today or felt. I never really did that aspect of journaling. So this is a little different. Um, I, I consider this like an active journaling tool that's really aimed at creating change. So what you'll see if you sign up for the journal or those who have it, um, you have this, you have, it's two step process. The first step is identify the area that you want to work to change one area. That's important. A lot of us humans want to change everything at once. That's understandable. When we're uncomfortable, we want life to be different from top to bottom tomorrow. I get it. I've been there. That overwhelms a part of our mind called the subconscious, which does not like change. It likes the familiar. This is a large reason why we're stuck. So picking one area, right? What's important is the consistency. It's not doing five new things for maybe three days because I white knuckled it. It's doing one new thing for 30, 60, 90, right? Forever into the future, creating change slowly. And then the practice of, so I do mine in the mornings. So once I've created, you know, the, the new change that I want to have every morning, I, I, I wake up and I write that change as if it's true. And what we're doing now is we're harnessing two things. We're harnessing the fact that our brain does not know the difference or our mind, the, the functioning of our brain does not know the difference between what is actually the case, whether or not I actually have that job that I clock into every day, or I'm just imagining it. For our mind, imagining is as good as real because a couple things are happening when I'm imagining it. I'm firing up some new neurons, which are really thoughts, right? If I think the thought long enough, I might even change my physiology. I might mm. start to feel about that thought, right? Change the chemicals, the adrenaline, all of the, it. Might, some of us calm our bodies. Right? It's a form of mental rehearsal. I'm laying down a new neural pathway in my brain, which increases the likelihood. So now I've kind of, I'm practicing, practicing, practicing. So as consistently as I practice, I'm firing that up as if it's real. That sets me up to the second aspect of this. It's not a magic journal. Once I've done that, if I close that journal and go right back to that old autopilot, firing up those old narratives, change won't happen. However, the fact that I already brought to my awareness that intention to change during that morning, say, might be the difference between whether or not I do that new thing later in my day. So when I can do both of those things, when I practice it, and then when I go and do that new thing, if I do that consistently enough, now I've actually created that change in my life. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like um, uh, for a lot of people, and I imagine what they may get stuck on is believing they're not capable and so they don't follow through with it yeah. instead of realizing that it's working a new muscle. Yes. And it's the consistency and it's the commitment to self. 
and it's the I'm going to do it anyways, that really makes someone empowered to change because um, so often we see people who will do it a few times and then be like, that didn't work for me. And it's like, no, this is a lifetime yeah. of evolving, right? Yeah. Well, that disbelief when you consider it like that, right, Mike, is totally understandable. You have no reason to believe it. You've not mm. done it or you've not maintained the consistency with it. And a lot of us from that place of disbelief, or at least so I've experienced it, feel shameful. We take that as evidence that we're broken and we can't. And I've lived all of this there. If you would have heard me speak a decade ago, you would have heard a completely different narrative of who I was and what I was capable of. And it would not have included the things I've actually now done. It was yeah. living that that allows us to shift that. So anyone who's tried this and who doesn't believe it, you're not going to. You've not created enough of, of that action consistently in your life to believe it. Mm. And in time, you will. That's when belief shifts and changes. Well, Nicole, I, I want to thank you for coming on Always Evolving. I hope one day when uh, Corona passes, we can make some content together, make some creative you know, and, and any support I can give you for your book coming out, let me know. You know, I've, I've had my next book coming out in October, did another one last year. So I'm, I know the game. You're a pro at it. I love I know, it. <laughs> I know the game. Uh, to follow Dr. Nicole, you go to holistic, is it holistic dot psychologist or is it the holistic dot holistic dot psychologist, the dot holistic dot psychologist, which by the way, it goes to show that you don't need the perfect Instagram handle to have a massive following because who the heck remembered the dot holistic. And by the way, it's taken off. She's the biggest brand name and mental wellness on the web. Um, and so I just am so appreciative of you coming on here, giving us some tips they can also go to your website to join your email list, which would be yourholisticpsychologist.com, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's where you'll get the free Future Self Journal and also know that an update, it's going to be new, nice, and shiny is coming out in the next couple of months on that. So if you're on my email list now, you'll get the update the second it's released. Yeah, listen, it's an email update list party. Everybody <laughs> in the club getting empowered over here, okay? Well, thank you so much, Dr. Nicole. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Coach Mike. This was truly an honor and a gift. And thank you for spending your time and sharing your community with me and my message. You got it. Thank you guys for listening to Always Evolving. Uh, would love it if you let me know on Facebook or Instagram what you thought about today's episode. Coach Mike Bear is my handle. I'm also on Twitter and TikTok. So whenever you hear an episode that you love, Please contact me, let me know, keep it magical, stay safe, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.